After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Hashim gave a mitzvah, we bring simcha v'chata makala. We all up follow the herd, fly like a bird. This is your time for achdus with the achu. For now, has no averus. Yom Kippur never had so much flavor. One God, one name, one arm. From infinity and out to beyond, the most gracious one we love. With praises we respond, we are. And the ikar is we are together like wicks on an air half dollar. So break free as we will endeavor to make the world follow. We'll endeavor to make the world follow. Kulanu, everybody, let's go. Friday morning, oh yes, JMM Friday at 22 minutes before 7 o'clock, hello all, it's February the 23rd, the 8th of Adar, 5778, it's Erev Shabbos Parshas Erev Shabbos Zohar, let's make it a Shabbos to remember, <laughs> candle lighting time 520 in New York, 520 is candle lighting in New York, make sure you know when things start where you are, Wednesday of course is a fast day, Tanis Esther, Thursday is Purim. We're getting ready for the big day to celebrate this coming week and make sure to stay with the Nahum Single Network all through the all through the weekend and all through the week as we present amazing and incredible Purim music all through the day on Thursday after JM in the AM. 37 degrees outside with 84% humidity, winds are northeast at 10 miles an hour. Rain today in the New York area with a high of 43. Showers early tonight, low 42. Tomorrow afternoon, showers and a high of 56. You shall lie at 58 and there's some rain in Israel, we are told. Baruch Hashem. Here we're at 37 on a Friday at JM in the AM. Well, anybody who's been following YU basketball for any length of time, uh, I am part of that group a very, very long length of time. <laughs> we're in a good mood this morning. Congratulations to the uh, Yeshiva University Maccabees. Men's basketball team, a two-point overtime victory last night over Farmingdale State, the number one team in the conference. YU goes to the Skyline Conference Championship for the very first time. It's unbelievable. Skyline Conference Championship will be 1 o'clock up at Purchase College in Westchester this coming Sunday. Everybody be there. Everybody be there. This is going to be amazing and incredible. And um, 
We wish the best of luck to Coach Elliott Steinmetz and the entire team as they continue this unbelievable run that really started at the end of January and has led, I believe, to an 11-2 and record uh, with one of those losses being by three points and one of those losses being a double overtime loss. Um, anyway, so they're 11-2, and and they are enjoying an unbelievable run, a great stretch, and... Uh, it would be amazing if they could pull it off this coming Sunday. The game was supposed to be Saturday. It's scheduled. The Skyline Conference final is scheduled for Saturday. The moment, the condition, I guess, uh, once Yeshiva's in, the game is moved to Sunday. So it's Sunday at 1 p.m. at purchase, the number two seed. So it's the number four at the number two. After the number four, Yeshiva beat the number one, Farmingdale, last night. And, um, again, congratulations to the uh, coach and to everybody who has been playing so incredibly. Really amazing. Uh, JMNAM taking a look at the app. Uh, again, a, a big hello to listen to Rebecca, who checked in during bonus JM. Hope everything goes well today, Rebecca. Uh, one listener says, don't forget the YU roller hockey team. A high five to both teams. Yeah, well, high five to all the YU teams. Um, and Daf Yomiid says great programming this week thank you dafyomi it is always a, 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 a tremendous source of encouragement for us and i thank him very very much it has been great programming this week and uh, baruch hashem we continue to uh continue to roll on today malcolm honline is in jerusalem we'll speak with him a drop a drop later than usual usually we schedule malcolm honline for 740 today he's scheduled officially for 755 Eastern Time. So Malcolm Honline scheduled for 7.55 Eastern Time here on the network on JM in the AM. Uh, that'll be from Jerusalem. Yeah, we could ask him if it's raining there. Uh, from Jerusalem, and um, we look forward to uh, speaking with him and getting a weekly update here at JM in the AM. Rabbi Yudin, of course, will discuss Parsha Zacher and many other aspects of uh, what's happening over the next few days. We get ready for Tanis Esther on Wednesday and Purim on Thursday. And um, and we will take it from there. Simple as that. Uh, more coming up. You are listening to a JM in the AM Friday morning broadcast. This is Micha Gammerman.
ונגמר, מה שיהיה זה כל מה שנשאר. מה שהיה אתה מנשלם, אתה כבר לא הולך לשם. מה שהיה, היה ונזכר, מה שפתוח זה רק
Kosher.com's first birthday? That's right, Kosher.com, where they've collected thousands of recipes, hundreds of videos, and over 9 million page views. They're celebrating their first birthday. They made a gravity-defying cake to celebrate the occasion. You can go to Kosher.com and watch the amazing cake-decorating techniques they used to create the first birthday cake. Kosher.com. Check them out today.
apologize to those of you who normally tune in to hear the top of the hour news. We usually go to Galitzal for our uh, 2 p.m. Israel, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Zone newscast. Had a little bit of a uh, difficulty there for a moment on the back end of the Nahum Siegel Network, but it seems that we are back functioning, thank God, as uh, as we would want to. <laughs> thank God. That was the Nigun Simcha from the Weinrib brothers, Moshe Illowitz before that was Shalom Aleichem. And it was good. It was good. Even with a technical problem, we were able to continue our amazing radio production at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world and the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. <sighs> trying to get to, um, <laughs> trying to get back to our uh, playlist and everything else. Uh, listener Terry had a great comment about the uh, NahumSiegel Network and introducing Mordechai Shapiro and other singers to this audience, which uh, I greatly appreciate. And thanks to everybody who's been commenting on our app this morning. Um, we're going to move into the uh, into the 7 o'clock hour officially in just a moment. I'm just trying to make sure we are totally set up with everything that we normally have set up during the show so we can properly continue and get things going a reminder that malcolm Holine, who normally is with us at 7 40 eastern time on friday mornings at jm and the am today he's officially scheduled for 7 55 eastern time he is in jerusalem a rainy jerusalem i am told today uh, malcolm Holine is in jerusalem and we'll be we'll have an opportunity to check in with him get our weekly update analyze the news etc uh but again um uh, because of his schedule, his insane schedule today, that conversation is officially called for 755. Usually, of course, um, usually, of course, we have a uh, 740 start time for the weekly update. Rabbi Yudin's going to be with us at about 815 Eastern time. He'll talk about Shabbos Zachar, upcoming holiday of uh, Purim, etc., etc. Looking forward to this amazing and incredible week that everybody enjoys. Uh, so that's all going to be coming up here at the Nahum Siegel Network. 37 degrees, rain here in New York with a high of 43. It's Erev Shabbos Parshat Tetzaveh, Erev Shabbos Zacher. Candle lighting here at 520. 520 candle lighting here. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Five minutes after uh, 7 o'clock on this Friday morning, Erev Shabbos here at JM and the AM. And we will continue with Simcha Liner.
מנצחים את כולם, בכל העולם כבר רואים את האמת. עברנו את פרעה, נעבור גם את זה. השנאה תיפול, הגינה תחתור, יגידו אז בקור. עברנו את פרעה, נעבור גם את זה. אז נצא כולנו יחד לחובות העיר. diamond ring you are wearing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, it's 40 carats. <laughs> it's the famous Plotnik and diamond. The Plotnik diamond? Forgive my ignorance, but I'm not familiar with it. Well, uh, between the Star of India and the Hope diamond is the Plotnik diamond. I never knew... You know, I would give anything to own a diamond like that. Oh, believe me, you wouldn't want it. Along with this diamond comes a case. The Plotnik case. The Plotnik curse. <gasps> Isn't that romantic? Not so romantic. If you know what kind of a case goes along with it, it's terrible. What is the curse that goes along with it? Mr. Plotnik. <laughs>
J.M. and the A.M., our Adar comedy segment, as fresh as ever, wouldn't you say? Ten minutes after 7 o'clock, good morning. It's a J.M. and the A.M. Friday morning. Malcolm Holmline is going to join us from Israel. He's executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll join us from Jerusalem. Uh, a drop later than usual. Our usual start time officially is 7.40. Today, our official start time will be 7.55 Eastern Time. Malcolm Holmline scheduled to join us. Uh, from Jerusalem, and we are looking forward uh, to that report, that's for sure. Well, it is Shabbat Zachar, it is Shabbat Zachar, and um, there are some selections. We get closer to Tanis Esther and Purim, and as we uh, sit here on this uh, on this um, era of Shabbat Zachar, there are some selections that are really appropriate, like this one from David Gabe at JM in the AM. Let's go. 
story about her? Certainly. <laughs> What's the ugly story? 
I don't know. I thought you knew. I don't know. I thought you knew. But believe me, it's true. Mrs. Feldman, you look wonderful. That's a beautiful tan. Were you away? Yeah, we went to Aruba. Aruba? Where's that? I don't know. We flew. <laughs> That's nice. Say, I have good news, darling. Sydney and I are going to Europe. Europe? Big deal. I was born there. <laughs> Listen, I hear your husband had some problems with his business. Uh, I hear that a crooked partner stole him blind. That your husband had to fire the account and raise some fresh money. It's mm, true. On top of that, I heard uh, he had a terrible season. A flood, a fire. The employees were not on striking him. That's mm, true. Yeah, but I understand he got a new partner with a lot of money. He settled the strike and he collected the fire insurance. Uh, business is wonderful and terrific, huh? Then you heard about it, Mrs. Feldman. Yeah. But this is the first time I'm hearing all the details. <laughs> J.M. in the A.M. must be the month of Adar. Friday morning on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Tetzave, Erev Shabbos Zachar. Candlelighting at 520. Malcolm Holmline will join us from Jerusalem. He'll be joining us from Jerusalem, talk about the uh, events of this week, etc. Now, uh, normally, our weekly update begins at 740 Eastern Time. Today, we are officially calling it for 755. Malcolm's on a very tight schedule. 755 Eastern Time. That's what we will... um, designate as the official start time for the weekly update today coming up later on here at jm in the am gershon veroba's next it's jm in the am Shamma, I am Bashamayim, Mavi, Yahoo, or a 
I why did you die? I why did you die? Why did oh, you pardon die? Me. Pardon me, sir, but I've been watching you here at the grave for over a half hour. I guess the deceased was a close relative. No, I never met him. I why did you die? Why did you uh, die? I beg your pardon, sir. You say you never met him, and you carry on like this. Then tell me, who is buried here? My wife's first husband. Jam in the AM Friday, getting closer and closer to Purim. What did you uh, What did you agree? It's Erev Shabbos Zachar, Erev Shabbos Parshas Titzavet. Tanis Esther is Wednesday, Purim Wednesday night and Thursday. Shushan Purim next Friday. And on Purim Day, Thursday, usually a very big original programming day for us here at the Nahum Single Network, as you know. On Purim Day, Thursday, Mayor Weingarten, I thank him, he'll host JM in the AM. And then after that, we will go into full Purim music mode all day long. You have to be, you have to be, uh, hmm, what word should I use? Uh, there has to be a good reason if you decide not to listen to the Nahum Single Network on Thursday. You must really not like Purim music and great Purim selections. That'll go on all through the day, 9 a.m. till, I don't know, 9 p.m. Eastern time, whatever it may be. Uh, as you go through your Purim Suda and your big celebrations, make sure to have us on all through the day on Thursday. You'll be glad you did. Malcolm Holmline is going to be joining us from Jerusalem. Normally, we start the weekly update Fridays at 7.40. Today, we are scheduled for 7.55, adhering to his schedule, which is really tight in Jerusalem on this Friday. So he'll join us about... 20 minutes from now at JM and the AM, Malcolm Holmline with the um, weekly update and a discussion about the uh, about the events of this week and all the different news items, etc. And it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say regarding uh, his uh, recent mission, the one that's being completed in the next few days uh, to Israel. So we'll have that for you. Candlelighting in the New York area at 520 on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Tetzave and Erev Shabbos Zohar. As we continue here at JM and the AM, big, big congratulations, Mazal Tov, to the Yeshiva University Maccabees. They are in the Skyline Conference Final, the men's basketball team for the first time ever in their illustrious history, which began in the 1930s. Uh, for the first time ever, they are in a conference championship game. And it'll be Sunday at Purchase College, Westchester, New York, starting at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. I say that. Because those of you in different time zones, you can watch the game at Max Live, uh, MaxLive.com, M-A-C-S-L-I-V-E.com. So those of you in Israel, for instance, it works out perfectly. It's in prime time, 8 p.m. Israel time this coming Sunday. And again, we congratulate uh, the amazing Yeshiva University men's basketball team. What an incredible run they have had, especially in the last month. This whole thing has really materialized. In the last month, in the last month, they are 12-2 and two, uh, over the last 14 games. They had that eight-game winning streak. Just an incredible, incredible uh, uh, stretch of games. Unprecedented in YU history. And, of course, last night with a two-point victory over number one Farmingdale in overtime. Uh, just another incredible step uh, toward this uh, illustrious position that they are in, playing in the championship game this coming Sunday. So congratulations to Coach Elliot Steinmetz and everybody up at Yeshiva University. More coming up at JM in the AM.
שמחה ושמחה, אור ליהודים. יום שבתון יום מחמדים, שומרה וזוכריו הם המעידים, כי לשיש הכל ברורים ועומדים. שמי שמיים ארץ וימים, כל צבא מרום גבוהים ורמים, דמים ואדם וחיית רמים, כי בישם צורון עמים, הוא אשר דיבר לעושה גולתו. שם עולקות שובבו בעצמתו, שבת קודש, יום חמדתו, כי בו שבת אל מכל מלאכתו. במזוות שבת אל יחליצך, קוקרא אליו יחיש לארצך. נשמת כל חי וגם נריצך. אכול בשמחה כי כבר רצח. ובמשנה לחם וקידוש אבא, ברומת עמים ורוח נדירה, יזכו לרב טובה מתענגים. ביד גורם ולחיה העולם הבא. Thank you. 
Friday morning with our Adar Comedy segments. Ten minutes before the hour, Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman, the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, scheduled to join us five minutes from now. He's on a very tight schedule. We moved our start time from 7.40 Eastern Time to 7.55 Eastern Time. He should join us in the next few minutes. If it's not five minutes, then a drop after that as he is... uh, enjoying a very busy Friday schedule in Jerusalem, the final Friday that the conference president's trip is on the road, is in Jerusalem. Erev Shabbos, Parsha Zachar, candle lighting at 520 on this Erev Shabbos. The fast day, Tanis Esther, is Wednesday. Thursday, of course, is Purim. Congratulations to the YU Maccabees. First time ever in the Skyline Conference final. Incredible men's basketball team. Amazing performance last night. At Farmingdale to knock off the number one team on the road. Amazing. Sunday at Purchase College in Westchester, 1 p.m. Yeshiva goes for the uh, the conference championship. So uh, good luck to Coach Elliot Steinmetz and the entire team. It has really been an amazing season to watch, especially over the last month. This last month, the 12-2 and record over the last month. Just incredible. JM and the AM Friday. We're about five minutes away from Malcolm Honline joining us from Jerusalem for a weekly update. Rabbi Yudin, of course, will speak to us about Shabbat Zachar, Purim, and more. It's all coming up at JM and the AM. <laughs> 
Madam, I am a doctor. Oh, doctor, have I got a daughter for you? <laughs> J.M. in the A.M. Coming up on 8 o'clock, we are um, minutes away from Malcolm Honeline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. We'll have, we'll have an abridged session of the weekly update coming up. Malcolm is in Jerusalem Again, he will be coming up next. Malcolm Honeline, a bit of a a shorter weekly update this week because of the uh, time pressures that he's under today in Jerusalem. But he'll be joining us in the next couple of minutes here at JM in the AM. Want to wish a mazel tov to Barbara and Norman Gilden of Teaneck and the bar mitzvah of their grandson, Sammy. Mazel tov to Sammy's parents, Jonathan and Leah Gilden of Boca Raton, and all the excited uncles, aunts, and cousins. Mazel tov to siblings, Meira and Zaki. And to the other uh, uh, grandparents, um, Abe and Sarah Grunspan of Brooklyn. Congratulations also to the great-grandparents, Tilly Grunspan of Brooklyn, New York, and Miriam Fisher, also of Brooklyn. May Sammy continue to be a source of great Yiddish Anachas, his entire family, and to Klai Yisrael as a true Ben Yisrael, and as he continues to grow to Torah, Chuppah, and Masim Tov. And Mazel Tov, Barbara and Norman, and the entire family from all of us here at JM in the AM. Also, listener Bruce commented on our app. We got to give a Mazel Tov wish to Margalit Bernberg, uh, Bernberg and Demisha uh, Shainfeld for the occasion of their wedding this past Sunday. We say to Margalit and Misha Mazel Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. It is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSegal.com on the NachumSegal Network and of course on the beloved NSN app. I want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com JewishWorldReview.com 
looking to print out and read thousands of articles over the weekend, guess what? If they have to do with Israel and the Jewish world and that interests you, jewishworldview.com is where you want to go. And of course, only simchas.com will continue to utilize our content for just part of their incredible news stories in the Jewish world. They continue to report and post in their news feed each day. Only simchas.com way Beyond just Smacho, check them out for uh, news each and every day in their news feed. Malcolm Holmline from Jerusalem next at JM in the AM. Nisim, Miami's version, as we get set to say, Alanisim next uh, Wednesday night and Thursday. Purim is approaching on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Tetzava Erev Shabbos Zohar. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us on a very tight schedule, and we appreciate him making the time, on a very tight schedule from Jerusalem, Israel. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Uh, it's good to be back with you, and sitting here in Jerusalem as we anticipate Shabbos, it's always something very special. And I'm told it's raining there today, which is always good news, right? Not heavy, just uh, drizzle here and there, maybe rain later, but uh, so far, no. What were the, what were the, what's the update regarding your own journey? You're, you're leading this amazing group of uh, Jewish leadership from the Conference of Presidents. Give me, a, a, give me a thing or two that were very interesting this week that you were able to do with the group. Survive, <laughs> the first thing. <laughs> we had 120-plus people, uh, leaders of the, the member organizations of the conference, the largest delegation in the 44 years that these trips have taken place. And the um, uh, the program was, was quite amazing. Of course, the Prime Minister and uh, President Rivlin addressed it, uh, as did the leaders of all the different factions. 
and different parties, um, key ministers. Uh, we went in the north. We saw the training for the war in the north. We actually went with the head of strategic planning, the major general in charge, and the major general in charge of um, the planning division. We have met with uh, uh, truly remarkable people from the uh, military, from the political, and from other realms. We had one night a panel of the ambassadors of Israel to the United States, uh, five of them at one time, talking about U.S.-Israel relations, the lessons they learned. Uh, we had the uh, members of the NFL, wow. National Football League, who were here in Israel, joined us one night, and That's cool. uh, 20 leaders of Christian, major Christian groups in the United States, uh, and of course the families, the MIAs. And then one night we had a panel of the key journalists, which got quite intense. We even had the people responsible for Fauda, the TV show, <laughs> coming and talking about how they created what it was about and, and tremendous insights into it. Uh, day, a half a day at the Knesset where we met the um, in Diaspora Immigration and Other Committee. We, we were addressed by the Speaker and um, by uh, Lisa Labi and, and uh, Tachi Anegbi, um, the Police Commissioner, uh, who's a religious uh, man, uh, uh, Al Sheikh uh, addressed us uh, truly with just uh, an incredible spread of everybody uh, going many, many hours, uh, and people really appreciate it. We learned a great deal. And as I tell them, if you don't go away with questions, then you don't really get it. Right. And we, we had an amazing panel of people uh, from uh, the, the different water and energy firms talking about the implication of what this means for Israel's future, for the region. And it was so insightful. People sat there literally spellbound as uh, a guy from the KPMG gave a gave the overview. And it's, it's truly, uh, there are so many remarkable things happening here. There's, there's so much to see. So much, I mean, you, many people called us today asking how come they weren't on the program. And <laughs> just, oh, it's only a matter of trying to squeeze everything in in uh, four and a half days. And, you know, we kept moving up the starting time. Ambassador Friedman um, was one of the opening speakers, uh, was very effective and um, really a tremendous array uh, of every perspective, and so people get a full picture of what is happening as best you can. Even your uh, JM and the AM regular appearance was affected by the tight schedule. Uh, first, a broad question. Uh, d- d- does the message from the Israeli officials come across that the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel? As you and I have discussed many times, there's a different atmosphere, a different attitude now when it comes toward the Israeli view of diaspora jury did they did they convey that message to everybody well first of all i will tell you that what struck almost everybody was virtually every speaker from the military from the government from every sector praised the work of the conference the american jewish community how much they appreciate what we do uh i mean i don't remember don't remember ever that consistent message as it, as we heard it during this week and maybe it's a new recognition, maybe it's an appreciation that they've developed, but, um, I mean, the things happened during the week where they acknowledged it, they made presentations um, to, to um, extol the work of, of um, American Jewry in particular uh, in terms of it being a strategic asset of Israel and how much they appreciate it. It's interesting because we, um, because we always... I do we, we, think that several, several did stress... 
and showed the demographic numbers and everything that the future is in Israel. It's funny because you and I often discuss no criticism this time of leadership. What you just said, I believe, is accurate and certainly portrayed as such, but uh, and and seen as such. But when it comes to the the average people in this country who care about Jerusalem and Israel, we wish they were more involved in the process. And and and, and it seems we always have trouble those of us who try to motivate people. And getting more and more of the again, not not a derogatory term, the average person involved in the process. I think they that was part of the issues they discussed. They talked about, you know, concerns about different sectors, the Democratic left, et cetera. That where there is weakness, young people, the campus problems, right. and many people, ministers, uh, discussed it and talked about working together finding ways to deal with everything from security of our communities to outreach to assuring the continuity. And, and from some unexpected sources talking about, you know, Jewish identity and, and continuity as critical as on the agenda. Understood. Well, you saw the prime minister up close, as did the group. Uh, is there any indication, as you see him, that he is under this tremendous media scrutiny and pressure as more and more allegations seem to be coming out? Well, what I can tell you is that uh, when he came to speak, there were 70 journalists, reporters, TV cameras waiting for him in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so, if anything, is an indication of But he, he did not address his legal problems, obviously, and we did not right. expect him to, nor would I wanted him to. Right. But, uh, you know, he's bound to be under pressure. But he, he, he gave a half-hour speech that was prepared. It was comprehensive. He had some slides to go with it in his background. But he talked about the issues, the progress Israel's made, the issues it faces, the challenges in the region, and it was it was really um, essential. Uh, Bibi, like he like in the past, he really gave a, a very comprehensive uh, overview, and um, you know. But the the obviously the topic in the street, the topic everywhere, right. is the is the. Um, legal political the legal situation and i want to go back to that in a second i'm just as a curiosity was the the polish holocaust issue a um at all a a news item during the conference both from the prime minister and in general as you went through all these discussions with leadership in israel absolutely everybody i mean many people including i mean all those you mentioned but many others spoke about it uh, some in more calm terms, some in much more in tougher terms, some who called for recalling the Israeli ambassador to Poland, uh, uh, some uh, even went further than that, but by and large they, they all were talking about the, the revisionist history and, and the unacceptability of that. Yeah, and I may have more about that coming up. So, and, and on the other issue, on the allegations, and I, and I would bet you don't spend much time, frankly, following this, if I were you, I think I'd agree with that position, but but now it seems that there's a, a, a Bezek component to this, which sounds very similar, by the way, to the newspaper case in terms of him getting a favorable coverage from their online service. Plus, on top of that, uh, it seems someone in his administration might be accused officially soon of actually bribing a judge. I mean, is there more and more and more that's going to be coming out over the next few weeks? Let's break it down. One is that many of these are not charges against him. Two, many of these charges are not proven yet. These are charges, not convictions. Right. Uh, number three, today in the media, you, you, you accuse people first. They get convicted in a headline, and then people start looking 
into the facts. And now, you know, many people said Ari Harrow turned against him. The media now says, well, he didn't. Um, then other people are accused of all sorts of things. It's it's the mood of the day. It's the it's open season, and then anybody who, you know, if it's from the left or the right, doesn't fit the bill, or especially when the prime minister appears to have uh, favored certain media and worked with them. Uh, but you know, BB's been in for it's almost ten years now, and in any event, it would be some fatigue and some, uh, you know, uh, but 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 regardless of that. When you ask everybody, nobody has an alternative. Yeah. They ask who should guide Israel at this difficult time. They're saying it's Netanyahu. So, you know, the the um, there are alternative candidates, obviously, putting themselves forward. And if if necessary, there will be people who can take over on an interim basis, long term basis. There's a lot uh, a lot of speculation about whether he will call snap elections, i.e., you know, call for elections in a couple weeks which takes three months to take. You have to have three months' uh, notice because parties have to organize and get ready. And uh, But during the time of an election, everything freezes. All the investigations, everything freezes. Right. Well, if so he... If he, if he will say that's one, like, one possible tactic. I don't know that it's true. The, the elections are scheduled for next year anyway. All right, but I would say, as you know, a lot of times that tactic backfires. We've seen too many examples, especially recently, of that tactic. Oh, 100%. If, yeah, it just backfires on you. You um, never can predict it. It depends on what the public is at and, and um, you know, what, where the investigations will be. And uh, it, when you're tried in the media here in this country, as we've seen in the political uh, arena, uh, usually, I think it's safe to say, usually... Uh, the target does not survive. With him, I guess you'd give him at least a 50-50 shot, right? <laughs> Even, I would give it to him, and I think if the things were done more fairly, generally, you know, the, the media loses credibility. The, everybody loses credibility in that process. Right. Um, so I would hope that they would give him a fair shot and give him a chance to defend himself. And to, he, I mean, you haven't heard his side of any of this. Right. And the, you know, it's just so right now it's, it's only the accusations and anybody can do it. I mean, anybody can make a, an accusation, especially if it, there's an ideological motive. It doesn't mean that there can't be some, that there isn't truth to some of it, but it's, it's certainly, um, a, a, a lynching climate now. Malcolm Honline live from Jerusalem. We have a few minutes remaining. Um, uh, look, you've been out of this country, obviously. We've been following you um, uh, for the last couple of weeks. Nonetheless, you know what the political environment is right now in the aftermath of what happened in Florida. It, do you do you have any further insight for us in terms of the Huckabee statements regarding gun control in Israel and the evaluation by many that there's a tremendous gun presence in Israel, as we know, but nonetheless, there are very strict gun laws, which people are surprised about when they actually hear that, especially those who have visited Israel. Do you have any other, any additional uh, perspective on this from the Israeli point of view in terms of gun control? Yeah, they show that the actual number of people with guns is, is, is limited, very limited. Um the uh, and of course those who, who carry guns, the uh, people Miluim, other things, um, don't uh, misuse them because there is this respect for the weaponry. Right. Uh, you know, people use Israel as an example, but the fact is that it's not comparable to the situation in the United States. The, the dangers that they face are different, and the um, the need for many people to to have weapons is because to drive home every day, they could face a potential challenge. Right. So I don't I don't think that the, you can make a valid comparison. 
between the two. Understood. What did you think of the Mahmoud Abbas presentation at the United Nations this week? I think that it was further evidence of what he began the other day with that rambling 20-hour speech that was clearly incredible. The fact that uh, I, I think um, that that he walked out on Ambassador Haley's uh, answer to him uh, says that he's he, you know who he is. Everybody seems to believe that he is the problem, not the solution. And the um, you know all along, what saved him was that he was better than the alternative. And at some point, and I think we're getting close to it, he's not better than the alternative. Although we don't know who the alternative is. But the more and more evidence of the incitement of the paying for terrorists, of giving giving pensions, lifetime pensions to people who um, commit crimes, and the worse the crime, the more they get. Uh, and especially if it's an Israeli Arab, then they get even more. The, this is, uh, it's outrageous. And I think his, his appearance, his rambling um, uh, questions and points uh, were... Um, uh, we have seen the reaction, especially as I travel through the Arab world, where there's a real, they're sick and tired of him, there's a real rejection of, of Abbas, and not of the Palestinian people, but a less of a passion about the cause, the feeling that there's, a, you know, all the money they give gets sucked up and, and misspent and uh, misapplied. The, uh, there, is, there is on many counts uh, a... a um, a resentment, I would say, that all the hundreds of millions and billions of dollars that are poured in, and now we have Gaza on the verge of collapse. You have the West Bank in bad conditions. You have a government that that hasn't been elected, and uh, you know its term ran out nine years ago. The, he's unresponsive. He's alienated the Americans. He's um, continues to make uh, demands. So I think that the the um, uh, he, he is not emerging out of this a winner. The Europeans also are getting tired, and some of them have cut funding because of the money that goes to pay tribute to all these uh, to the terrorists and kill, the terrorists and killers who sit in in their jails and in in uh, the um, prisons in Israel, uh, and their families are reaping the benefits. And if they get killed, then their survivors get houses, get money, and a third of the budget or so can go to that cause. True or not that he was cared for in a U.S. hospital while he was here? Do you know if it was true? Yes, it is true that he is being cared for in an American hospital, um, but it's not uh, its not very serious from and, what I understand. And, I know which hospital he's in, and um, he, he did come here to be treated, yes. And two other U.N. questions. First of all, um, Nikki Haley seems to indicate that there will be a peace plan out of Washington, out of the White House, very soon. First of all, do you know what very soon means when she says that it's almost ready? And you have any clue? Because a lot of times, as as you know, a lot of times these peace proposals, even from friendly White Houses, come out of nowhere with stuff in it that you know surprises certain people. Any clue? Mike? Well, I think that was part of. Oh, I'm sorry, that was part of the motivation of the speech was to counter the uh, initiative of the administration. And, uh, you know, he, he wants recognition on the lines of 67, and he, uh, which, you know, sort of makes the negotiations irrelevant. He uh, has made other demands, and including, you know, the right of return, other things that, that he feels uh, is, are essential. And he had to appear to be, you know, strong and reactive for, for the, his domestic population. Uh, but the, 
the fact is that his relationship with the administration is very bad. I do believe they have a paper in the works. I do believe that we will see it soon, but soon may not be till Pesach, maybe after Pesach. It could be sooner when they, they will put forth the paper. Uh, I know that um, uh, the people who are involved in the process have said they have not seen it or other people haven't seen it. So I can't tell you right now what the what the status is. And finally, when when, when Russia vetoes for instance, the Syrian ceasefire resolution in the in the UN, which I think to, to normal people seemed like a pretty reasonable resolution. It was it was created literally to get you know supplies and and medical needs to to, to different people. And when, when they go ahead and block a vote like that, that's simply because they're going to block anything that looks like any type of criticism against Syria. An intervention and give them an ex- give others an excuse to get into this situation. They they are protecting uh, first and foremost their allies and uh, Bashar Assad now is is one of them, and they're uh, working together with the Iranians and others. They don't want any outside intervention, uh, and especially because it carries the implication of uh, wrongdoing on the part of some of the you know the, even now even war crimes the charges against some. But this is uh, it's quite remarkable how they rose to defend the uh, the uh, uh, to oppose this resolution and defend essentially the Syrian government it's um, you know the tragedies this week with hundreds of people being killed I don't care what your feeling uh, is on one way or the other regarding the war but to, to feel that this is acceptable is is, is horrendous and uh, their involvement in it is is terrible and you said you and the group went up north and saw preparations for what Israel might be facing in the future. Was there, is, there is definitely a real concern, a real alert, both in the south and the north, but the feeling of, of uh, the possibility of uh, what they call the war in the north, because it won't be so limited as, as you see, is Iran is intensifying its efforts against Israel, both in Syria and in, in Lebanon. Uh, it has taken control of certain areas through its militias and uh, Hezbollah, and uh, there has to be a greater role on the part of Russia to to stop what they're doing in in Syria. And uh, there will come a time when Israel, for all sorts of purposes, may be forced to act. But certainly, nobody wants a war. Nobody is. I don't think any of the parties want an all-out war. But you know, you have maybe ten thousand Iran Revolutionary Guards. You got eighty thousand paramilitary militias, etc. Uh, uh, backed by Iran, who send you know people from Afghanistan and Iraq to die, not their own soldiers, even though some of them have been caught at times in in the fighting. Uh, you, you have Turkey involved, very involved, fighting against the Kurds, and there's there's so many aspects to all these things. I mean, you could take any one element, any one part of the Middle East today, the Houthis, the, the what's going on in Baba Mandab, what's going on in Gaza, what's going on in Lebanon, Syria. And just to assess it, as people did this week in front of us in great depth, um, you walk away really reeling from uh, all of what Israel faces. And yet at the same time, we saw so much good news and the statistics, the optimism, the birth rate, everything here in Israel uh, moving positively, oil independence, water independence. And yet, uh, you know, this little country has to, has to field a military, and it has to be equipped to deal with thousands and thousands of missiles with new guidance systems, more precise ones, although I think Israel has a way to address that. And, and, and Israel will have to act preemptively. And if the Iranians, together with their allies, 
I better get the message that this is not going to be a limited strike when it comes. The Allies are more likely to get the message before the Iranians, right? <laughs> <They'll>, <laughs> for sure. They'll be the last holdovers, that's for sure. Uh, when you were up north, and I, I have no idea what the you know where, where you were able to get to, etc., but is the effort by Israeli medics up there to help those kids who are in the line of fire in Syria, is that still going on? Yes. It's unbelievable. It's going on. There are still people in the hospitals, in the hospital and elsewhere. It is not the same as it was. Uh, it's not the same flow of people, but uh, there are still cases uh, coming to Israel. Israel did an amazing, amazing job on this, and um, but because of the encroachments of foreign troops on the border, it makes it more difficult for Israel to be able to render this humanitarian assistance. By the way, is it a big deal that Shelley Adelson has offered to uh, to help finance the move of the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem? No, it is not a big deal here. I didn't even know it. And I assume Shelley, you mean Sheldon Adelson? Yes. Uh, of Las Vegas, yes. He's, uh, I, have not, I did not hear that. But that would be no big deal, but, yeah, right? But like they a, are looking at properties, I know that, and they are looking, and you have somebody, David Friedman, who's very devoted to it, and uh, I think will we'll oversee it, so he will be the first ambassador based in Jerusalem. Next week is Shushan Purim. Are you planning on being in the New York area? Uh, we will talk during the week, Mitzvah Shem, and work it out. There you go. Have a wonderful... Will you be sober is the question, and then I can talk about uh, it. Ma- Malcolm, I think you know the answer to that. Um, <laughs> we have a wonderful Shabbos in Jerusalem and a you great too. Purim. We will speak next week, please. God, Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He really did rearrange his schedule completely so he could do the weekly update just to drop later than usual, and I really do... Thank him for that. I think everybody out there knows that. Uh, candle lighting at 520 on this Erev Shabbos. It is a JM in the AM broadcast for a Friday morning Erev Shabbos. Rabbi Yudin coming up in a moment uh, with a discussion about Parshas Tetzave and Parsha Zachar. By the way, congratulations to the Yeshiva University Maccabees. They are in the Skyline Conference Finals. It's unbelievable. Never has happened before. We are celebrating, and uh, Coach Elliot Steinmetz, and all the guys, unbelievable. We are so proud. 1 p.m., Purchase College is coming Sunday for the final. We're, gonna try, we're going to try to get a legendary Mac on the uh, air in the next few minutes here at JM in the AM. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Uden. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Tetzaveh. Parshas Tetzaveh, according to the Chinuch, contains seven mitzvos, four positive, and three restrictions. In this Parsha of Tetzaveh, aside from the initial mitzvah of lighting the menorah, we have the 43 Sukim devoted to the big day kahuna, the garments of the Kohen, that in order for the Kohen to perform his service in the Beis Hamikdash, he had to wear his full complement of garments. A regular Kohen wore four garments, and the Kohen Godol wore eight garments. This Shabbos, we take out an additional 
Sefer Torah, and that is for the reading of Parshas Zohar. Now, we must understand there's a fundamental difference between the reading of Parshas Zohar this Shabbos and basically every other Torah reading except for maybe also Parshas Parah. And that is as follows. The other Torah readings throughout the year are all rabbinic. That doesn't mean it's not important, because let's remember, so much of what we do is rabbinic law. We wash our hands before we eat bread. That's rabbinic. We recite blessings before we eat all foods. That's rabbinic. Saying Birkata Mazon, the grace after meals, that is biblical. Now, what's the significance of this? According to most authorities, the reading of the Torah throughout the year is a communal mitzvah as opposed to a personal mitzvah. It means that the Jewish community is to have Torah reading on Monday, Thursday, Shabbos morning, Shabbos afternoon. Now, if a person is in a small community, one week they have one week they don't have a minion, okay, it's always best to try to have a minion, but if need be, they won't read the Torah on any particular Shabbos. Here, the Shulchan goes out of its way to say, if you live in that kind of a community, well, if you're not sure you're having a minion for Shabbos, you've got to go elsewhere where you will be part of a community that you'll be able to hear Parsha Zohar, which means that the reading this Shabbos from the second Torah is an obligation on each and every individual. Now, let's look at the Psukim together very quickly so we'll know what this command is. There are two mitzvos contained in this last paragraph of Parshas Kiseitse, the fifth book of the Torah, chapter 25, verse 17, 18, 19. The Torah says, Zohar, to remember that which Amalek did to you when you left Egypt. Now listen, Zohar means to remember. Now, you can remember something without articulating it. If I ask everybody listening at this moment to remember when their birthday is, you don't have to pronounce that your birthday's on a particular day. You've remembered it in your mind. How do I know that the remembrance of what Amalek did is to be done and literally articulated? You are to speak about it. This we know, interestingly, from the fact that the last two words of this paragraph are lo tishkach. So, if the Torah says to remember, the Torah doesn't have to say lo tishkach, don't forget. So the rabbis tell us that what this means is that zohor is to be bapeh, literally, you are to recite. And lo tishkach, not to forget, is balev in your heart. Moreover, the rabbis learn from here that as the word zachor by a malek is 
to be spoken, so too, Sechoros Yom HaShabbos Sekadcho. Tonight, when we come to the Shabbos table, it's not sufficient to come to the Shabbos table tonight and say, okay, everybody, let's have a moment of silence, and during this moment of silence, you're expected to think about Shabbos. No, you've got to recite the Kiddush, and I learned that out from this word, Zohar, which means to articulate. So now, remember what Amalek did to you when you left Egypt. And it continues, verse 18, Asher Baderach. Now, Korcha has many in- explanations. You'll look in Rashi, who provides three. And let's go with Art scroll who goes with he happened upon you or chanced upon you and he attacked the weak ones from behind when you were weary and tired. And Amalek did not fear God. Rashi tells you that that phrase refers to Amalek. The last verse, and it shall be the Torah, says, when God gives you rest from your enemies about you in the land that he's bringing to you as an inheritance, you are to blot out the memory of Amalek from under the heavens. Don't forget. Now, the question is that Men are obligated in this mitzvah. Are women obligated as well? So the Sefer Achinuch, whom we quote most every Shabbos, he says women are exempt from this mitzvah. Why? Because he ties in the first verse of Zohar to remember with the last verse, verse 19, with that of blotting out and fighting. And since women were not drafted to the army, therefore they are not included in this mitzvah. The Minchas Chinuch respectfully disagrees, says, excuse me, but who told you that they're necessarily connected? Maybe there's a mitzvah to remember what Amalek did, even if you're not going to participate in the actual fighting. Therefore, I will say that if a woman can go to shul the Shabbos, they should make the effort because there are those that disagree with the chinuch. And in fact, in some communities, there is the custom of before mincha, uh, taking out a Torah with a minion present and um, reading these three verses on behalf of the women. Okay, I'd like to ask a very basic question. Rashi taught us that the phrase that he did not fear God refers to Amalek. Now I ask you, to what yeshiva did Amalek go? That you can say, well, Amalek missed that day in the yeshiva, and he didn't hear the lecture on fear of God. How could we expect Amalek to fear God? So I'd like to suggest an answer, which I think is very, very significant. And that is as follows. When did Amalek attack the Jewish people? After the splitting of the Red Sea, when we are in the desert, marching towards Sinai. Now, the entire world was aware of the splitting of the Red Sea. You'll take a look in the Shira, the song, 
which the Jewish people sang upon crossing the Red Sea, and verse 14, verse 15, tells us, and 16, clearly that the entire world had a sense of dread, fear of the Jewish people as a result of the fact that they knew about the splitting of the Red Sea, God performing this miraculous event on behalf of the Jewish people, as indeed the Medrash teaches us that every water throughout the world split. Mommy's giving their babies a bath in the little bathtub. That water split as well. So everybody knew this happened. We find in the Haftorah that we read on Simcha's Torah, when in the uh, book of Yoshua, okay, and I think I am making a mistake as to which Haftorah it is. I believe it is the Haftorah for Parshas Shlach. Yes. And there, what do you find in chapter 2? of Yoshua. On Simcha's Torah, we read chapter 1 of Yoshua. Here in chapter 2 of Yoshua, um, Rochav Azona says, 40, 39 years later, she says to the spies that she is uh, protecting and covering up for them, what does she say? Kishamanu, we heard how Hashem dried up the water of the Sea of Reeds before you when you came out of Egypt. And when we heard our hearts melted, no spirit is left in man because of you. For Hashem, your God, He is God in the heavens above and on the earth below. Everybody knew about Kriyas Yamsov. Amalek knew about Kriyas Yamsov. But Amalek was Lo Yorei if you know about Kriyas Yamsuf, then who is at the center of one's life? There is a God. He is involved in our life. And he happens to be a legislator as well. And he tells us what yes to do and what not to do. And Amalek said, no, loyore Elohim. I don't fear, I don't accept any spirituality. And therefore, it's important for us to understand. We're going to read Parsha Zohar. I ask you, is there still a Molek in the world today? So Rabbi Soloveitchik and others from his illustrious family said that any nation that their mission statement, their raison d'etre as a people is to destroy the state of Israel, they are modern-day Amalek. So Iran and ISIS and Hamas and any other group that openly states, we want to destroy the Jewish people, this is Amalek. But in addition, aside from the physical understanding of Amalek, we have every reason Rashi teaches, and especially on Asher Korcha, that Amalek is, as well, a philosophical approach to life, where once again, there is no fear of God in this in man. And his approach to society and his values which undermine fear of God, this is 
an extension of the concept of Amalek. And so, interestingly, we find in our Torah that when Yosef is the viceroy and the brothers have no idea that this might be their brother Yosef, he has no hesitation to say, I fear God, because it's clearly a given that each and every human being should recognize that there is a divine presence in this world. Interestingly, in the beginning of the second book of the Torah, we're told about the Mialdos, the midwives, Shifra and Puah. And whereas Rashi learns that these are Yocheved and Miriam, mother and daughter, it is the Malbim that learns that they are non-Jewish women. And the Torah tells us about them, Vatirena HaMialdos Esoelokim. Right? That it was expected and they indeed feared God. Avram says to Avimelech, in response to, why did you lie about your sister? Why didn't you tell me she's your wife? And what does Avram answer? Rak ein yiras elokim So, and finally, a very interesting medrash found in the last paragraph of Bishalach. When the medrash basically is asking the question, why does Yoshua lead the attack against Amalek, which is what we read on Purim morning, please God, next Thursday morning. So the Medrash answers that Moshe says, Yoshua, why am I uh, choosing you? Not just because you're going to be the general taking them into the land. No, no, because you're, you come from the tribe of Yosef, right? You come from Ephraim. And what does Yosef say? I fear God. We need someone who is a descendant of one who fears God to combat Amalek who doesn't fear God. So this is the first thing that we must take to heart. This Shabbos, tomorrow, that Amalek is, yes, there is actual Amalek in this world today, and there is philosophical uh, Amalek in this world today that we have to hold firm against and stay firm and steadfast in our belief in our Holy Torah. This coming Wednesday is Tanis Esther. The Tanis is an oxymoron. What does that mean? The Raivad learns that the Tanis is a Tanishel Simcha. It's a happy fast. What does that mean? Because unlike the other fasts, such as Tishabav, Asar Beteves, Shivasa Betamuz and Tzom Gedalia, all of those are, ta- are fasts which have some Avelus, mourning. Here, we fasted on this day because this was the day that Purim, which means lots, Haman drew lots, and it turned out that he was going to destroy the Jews on the 13th of the 12th month, which is Adar. And with the events of Anafochu, this was the day that we were given the opportunity to combat 
and kill out our enemies. And we're told in chapter 9 of the Megillah that we killed out 75,000. And while this is not in the Megillah, this is what our rabbis teach us. We did not lose a man. And this might be one of the reasons one of my teachers told me so beautifully that there's an obligation to have a Su'udas Purim, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, a meal. What are we celebrating? So we're celebrating this victory, which we had on this day. But why are we fasting? Because when the Jewish people went to war, they fasted to show their trust in not the Wheaties, the breakfast of champion, but literally in their trust of God. And if you want to know a, a more hidden meaning of Purim, so the Rambam, right before he begins the Yad HaChazaka, his 14 books, right before Sefer Hamadra, he lists the 613 mitzvos in accordance with the way he presents it, Al-Seder, Hilchos Rambam, and in a short introduction he says that the rabbinic mitzvos, even they fall under a category as to what is found in the Torah. It's clearly they are rabbinic. So reading the Megillah is rabbinic. The blessing that we say before the reading of the Megillah, Vitzivanu, and he commanded us to read the Megillah is to be understood. He commanded us to listen to the rabbis who in turn commanded us to read the Megillah. But the, by, the idea is that he says there very sharply that Purim teaches us the efficacy of that which we find in the fifth book of the Torah, where the Torah says in Parshas Eschanan, Umi Goy Godol, who is such a great and unique nation, which is Asheloh Elohim, that has a relationship with God, Bechol Korenu love that whenever we call out to him, he responds in kind. And this is what Purim is. We called out to God, he responded. So we fast this coming Wednesday, Tanis Esther, and uh, there is a minhag before mincha Wednesday afternoon, and if not at night time, to give zecher a remembrance of the mashkev machsis uh, hashekel three in America half dollars uh, is taken, lifted up. It becomes yours, you put it down, and additional charity is done. This is done on mincha on erev Purim. Okay, let's do quickly remind ourselves the four mitzvos of the day, and that is as follows. One, Mikra Megillah. Men, women, and children who are old enough to understand and to um, participate properly by proper decorum are obligated to hear the Megillah. And the idea is we are to heal it at nighttime and in the morning. Technically speaking, the day reading is even more important than the night. In some communities, that's not reflected. People should really know the day is more important than the night. Um, I wouldn't, don't push me if I can already go to one, which I would go to. That's hard because you don't pass up on a mitzvah. But the nighttime is rabbinic 
and the daytime is from the prophets. Uh, so that's number one, to hear the Megillah day and night. Number two, the second mitzvah of the day. And by the way, if you know somebody who's in a hospital, who's in a nursing home, who cannot come to shul, please call your local Orthodox rabbi and have him arrange for someone to go to those respective places so they can hear the Megillah. And secondly, there is Matonos Levionim, gifts to the poor, on Purim Day. Every Jewish man and woman is obligated to give money or food to at least two poor persons. If there are no poor people available, you don't know who to give it to, give it to your rabbi, who will make sure that they get to it, or put it aside, and you'll give it after Purim. Now, how much should you give? I'm strongly suggesting that you should give minimally what it would take a small sauda, let's say a sandwich and a drink. So I would say, if you can, try to give to at least two individuals approximately $10 each. The more, certainly, the better. That's the second mitzvah. The third mitzvah is that of a sudas purim, whereby it's a mitzvah to have a meal, a festive meal, a mitzvah to wash for this meal, uh, and it's also a mitzvah to drink wine on purim in a very respectful, manageable way. What does that mean? We remind ourselves of how many of the events of the Megillah took place through and at the party of wine, and we make sure that our guests conduct themselves properly, and especially our teenagers and young adults. It's our responsibility that the sacredness of Purim should not, God forbid, become abused by drinking that is not the nature of the day. And finally, the mitzvah of Mishloach Manos, to every man and woman is obligated to send at least to one person two varieties of food that require no further preparation, ready-to-eat food. In addition, we say alanisim in our prayers over Purim and in the uh, Birkas Amazon. If one forgot alanisim, one does not have to repeat the Shemona Esrei nor the Birkas Amazon. Time doesn't permit me to go into any further detail. Just be aware of one thing. It's called Megillas Esther which on the surface means the scroll of Esther, and that's correct. But on a little deeper level, it means Megillas, to reveal Esther, that which is hidden. Meaning, where's the miracle? If you look at the ten chapters, each chapter independently doesn't seem to have a miracle. But ah, when you look at the entire uh, story together, it just so happens, and it just so happens, and it, no, 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 no such thing as just so happened. This is God. And the same bracha that we recite before we light the menorah, which was clearly a miracle, oil lasting for eight days, we believe that the entire Purim story is a nis nistar, a hidden miracle, which is perhaps even a greater one than an open miracle such as Hanukkah. Shabbat Shalom and a meaningful, respectful Purim to all. JM and the AM Friday morning broadcast. Yes, a happy Purim and a safe Purim. And as Rabbi Yudin just said, a respectful Purim. 
uh, to all as we get ready for Wednesday, Tanis Esther, Thursday, the holiday of Purim, and Friday, a week from now, Shushan Purim. Um, and again, we are looking forward to an amazing week on this Erev Shabbos Parshas, Titzava, and Erev Shabbos Zohar. JM in the AM, well, I don't know if people would call it a miracle, but it certainly it certainly was something that never happened before last night. As many of you know, the Yeshiva University Maccabees, the men's basketball team that have taken the Jewish world, and I mean world because this is, this is international. I'm hearing from everybody around the world. Uh, they've taken the world by storm. Uh, last night, a two-point overtime victory over number one Farmingdale for the first time ever. For the first time ever, YU is in the Skyline Conference Championship this coming Sunday, 1 p.m. up at Purchase. For those of you watching at Max Live in Israel, that'll be 8 p.m. Israel time, prime time, perfect timing, in fact. That's what I told my friends and relatives in Israel. And helping me over the next couple of minutes, we have such limited time, I, I, I'm so upset about that, but, but we'll utilize it to whatever degree we can. Uh, joining me for the next couple of minutes to help encourage everybody to be there at Purchase on Sunday is one of the all-time greats at Yeshiva University, one of only four men to score 1,500 points in his career up at YU. It's the one and only Lior Hode. Lior, mazal tov to you. After all, the Hode family has two players on this year's team, so a big mazal tov to you and the family. Thank you very much, and good morning to you, too. Good morning. Uh, I joked yesterday that you're going to be on the air representing thousands of athletes who have been in the YU uh, uh, circles and on the YU team over the decades, who um, who hoped and prayed that one day they'd be playing in some type of championship game. And sure enough, it's finally here. What are your thoughts after last night's big victory? i got to tell you, I've been going to YU games literally since I left the school 30 years ago, which is the last time we had a 16-win season. Wow. And we played against the ECU's play- playoff versus the Jersey City State. And it's just unbelievable how this team plays together, their heart, the the camaraderie, the way they interact with each other. Everybody has their roles. Uh, you know, they're saying uh, it shows a lot the character of how they, they play in, uh, when the team are uh, stressed and run into a special situation. This is just an unbelievable journey. Just, just, just amazing. I'm shocked. <laughs> and, the, and the last month has been off the charts. You're you're talking about a basically 500 team going on a 12 and 2 tear that the entire league has noticed and division 3 basketball has noticed and culminating of course with last night. Wouldn't it be amazing if we had an incredible crowd on Sunday up at Purchase College? It'll be absolutely amazing. And speaking of the crowd, I was up in to sit in the back, you know, doing my videos, and uh, the folks from YU, the student, came over, started sitting down, taking over the stand. And then after halftime, the Farmingdale fans realized that we, we are disadvantaged, so they start moving into our side, <laughs> and our guys just took over, and they got really dominated. And, you know, the six men was a huge effect for us, and I'm sure the, fe- the players and the coaches felt it. And you have the inside word because you get to not only um, uh, watch the team, you get to hear from some of the players on your way home. Two of your uh, uh, of your sons are on this year's team, uh, Justin and Tyler. Did they tell you anything special on the way home about last night's game? Besides defrosting the ice uh, <laughs> on their on their feet and legs, because every one of them was full of ice and stuff, uh, they just. You know, it's just amazing. You look at like like Tyler and Just- Tyler was just unbelievable last night. A cloud shot and Justin, after not playing a lot uh, throughout the season, finally got a chance to game ago. And 
you know, it's just everybody has their roles, and, you know, what a journey, you know, and for you, yes, last year we had the three boys playing, right? and, you know, it's like, I, I don't even know what to say. The whole it's, thing, it's like, the whole thing amazing. is incredible. The whole thing is incredible. And by the way, you know, if they win Sunday, I know we don't like to do this, you don't like to look beyond the next game, but if they do win Sunday, we could be talking about really historic stuff going on for Yeshiva University basketball. So we'll see oh, what absolutely. happens. Absolutely. We'll, absolutely. We'll absolutely. And by the way, I wanted to thank you for coming to all the games. You're a key, key uh, component of our success. <laughs> I, I, I know I, you don't I, like to talk about it. You bring your sound to the games, <laughs> and you know I know you enjoy it just as much as I do. That's it. I'm going to take credit for this, Lior. <laughs> I'm going to take credit for all of this incredible run, I'll tell you. So Mazal Tov to Elliot Steinmetz, who's the coach of the team. Mazal Tov to the entire team, of course. Uh, Sunday, everybody, 1 p.m. up at Purchase for the Skyline Conference Championship. It is going to be amazing, and they are playing so well. Uh, just incredible. So try to come out and be part of the action. As we said, it's also on Max Live. And I know that a lot of old-timers, I'm sure I'm sure you would say you'd love to convey Mazel Tov to everybody who's ever played at YU and everybody who's ever coached at YU for seeing uh, what's happening right now. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I, listen, I'm going to make some phone calls. I'm going to send my email blast to everyone. Everybody must be there at 1 o'clock. I mean, they have a relatively large gym, but we got to fill their place up. And, and before we hang up, I really want to say a, a special shout-out to, obviously, my wife, my kids, Samantha, my Jordan, my son-in-law, Ben, which is, is, is part of the family now, and a special shout-out to Coach and Cochette, Johnny and Aviva Halpert, for really being part of the whole family and giving me the opportunity 30 years later to look back and say oh my gosh what we accomplished so i'm thankful for everyone and this is a very special day for me liar kalakavod enjoy a restful shabbat because it's going to be a very active sunday i can tell you that much exactly and i'll tell you one thing our fans certainly conveyed that message that's for sure oh absolutely i was right next to them unbelievable liar shabbat shalom and mazal tov thanks again a pleasure there he is liar hode one of the uh, amazing Greats in Yeshiva University basketball history enjoying this unbelievable run. 1 p.m. at purchase this coming Sunday, everybody. Time to say good Shabbos. It's Journeys at JM in the AM. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com, on the NachumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Oh, yes, on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Tetzava, Erev Shabbos Zachar, getting ready for Purim this coming Thursday, and Yeshiva University getting ready for an unprecedented visit to the uh, Skyline Conference Championship on Sunday. Wishing them the best of luck. Can't wait to be there and cheer them on. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Have a fabulous Shabbos. Wonderful weekend. Naomi Nachman is next with Table for Two all through the day. Incredible Erev Shabbos selections, including Mark Zomik's Erev Shabbos show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That's coming up starting at 10 a.m. 
Eastern time this morning. Tomorrow night, I have Rummy with Saturday Night Seagull. And on Sunday, Matis hosts JM Sunday beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern time. Make sure to be tuned in. Have a fabulous Shabbos. Great weekend. Till Monday, Nachum Seagull reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.